Welcome to Hello Health Today, where health is a leadership strategy. I'm Dr. Carmen Mohan. In the last episode, I talked about how the thieves named urgency and distraction work in tandem to steal away the only resource in life that we can never replete, our time. We never want to feel like we're wasting time, but we very rarely stop to consider how it gets stolen from us. Last week, I discussed how urgency strikes first, and then distraction in her favorite guise as fear keeps you from making good decisions for yourself and for your team. When you feel like your job is running around, putting out fires, you know urgency and distraction are your constant companions. In my experience, executive women sometimes deny the high levels of stress we personally endure. Because let's face it, we get paid to handle high-stress situations. This is par for the course, part of the job. As one patient of mine put it, yeah, I'm stressed, but I'm used to it by now. You just get used to it. The denial happens because either we're used to it and so we don't perceive this stress level to be abnormal, or we know that admitting we're stressed out is just not deemed professional. There's an unspoken rule that if you're stressed out, you can't hack it in your position, and so you won't be deemed competent to handle more responsibility. From a million miles away, it's easy to see that this situation is not sustainable. When you're in it, it's so much harder to put your finger on. That's why I say the power is in the plan. In this case, the plan is a stress management plan. When your stress level is well-managed, you are able to pay attention to what is important, and that in turn helps you maintain your weight. Perhaps more importantly, being able to tolerate stress is an admirable leadership quality, and when you use health as a leadership strategy, you have a plan for enhancing that quality by using the body to help the mind. When you realize how formidable the thieves of time really are, you'll see that you need top-level security system. There are two physical habits that shore up your personal security, and these are, number one, restorative sleep lasting seven to nine hours, my favorite, number two, exercising 150 minutes each week. These two habits synergize with each other. The exercise improves your sleep efficiency, Sleeping in a restorative way helps prevent exercise-related injury and helps you build muscles. Both help you become more zen and maintain your weight. I just got to say, it's really beautiful how you get triple points when you engage your body's natural abilities. Your body has a gorgeous design. Nothing like investing one hour and getting three benefits. Our bodies contribute to the mind's emotional processing and problem-solving capabilities during sleep. Without sleep, it is very easy to become distracted. A lot more things seem urgent. And since you get less done when you're not well rested, more things land on the to-do list by making time pressure all that more stressful. The value of sleep to a proactive stress management plan cannot be overestimated. Since I've said so much about sleep in prior episodes, I'm going to move on to discuss the role of exercise in stress management. How does exercise make you a harder target for urgency and distraction? Well, the hallmark of exercise is intentional tachycardia. Your heartbeat goes up just like it does when you're stressed, but since you intend for this to happen, your mind is not fearful. You might be thinking, good grief, I'm out of shape. (sighs) And other accurate, unhelpful thoughts, but you're not necessarily anxious in that you don't get this big gobble you up sense of doom. 
Aerobic conditioning occurs when exercise is a matter of habit. Let's say you decide to meet the standards for health in aerobic exercise. So you regularly walk at least 150 minutes over the course of your week, and you've been doing this for at least 90 days or one season. Aerobic conditioning makes you a much harder target for urgency and distraction. Here's what happens in a nutshell. When under stress in the professional setting, a heart that has been conditioned by exercise doesn't feel the same amount of vascular stress as a deconditioned heart does. More, exercise trains the mind to function well during rapid heartbeats, so the familiarity of the experience in turn decreases the severity of fear. So in my case, code blue gets announced over the loudspeaker, and it's my turn to be responsible during a life or death situation. But instead of my heart zooming to maximal speed, it rises to about 75% of max, like it does when I go for one of my regular runs. So my mind, while suddenly brought to full alert, isn't overflowing with stress hormones coming from my cardiovascular system. This means the potential for feeling overwhelmed is much less likely than it would have been if I didn't run every other day as part of my proactive health plan. In short, I've made myself a harder target. Urgency and distraction have to work pretty hard to get the better of me. I call this using the body to help the mind. You have to exercise regularly for about 90 days or one season to earn this particular piece in your security system, but I've found it's been well worth the effort. This is part of what it means to use health as a leadership strategy. Exercise helps you make better decisions in the face of extreme urgency. Exercise literally makes you smarter. It helps the body release the signals it needs to help new neurons form and helps knit existing neurons together. Over time, you can think better and solve problems more easily because you're not only smarter, but you're also better prepared for the cardiovascular effects of stressful work situations. Last week, I said the power is in the pause. We discussed ways to use the pause to meet urgency at work head on. Using the pause enables us to make good decisions instead of being distracted and disabled by fear in real time. This week, I want you to remember that the power is in the plan. You can't always control how much urgency you will experience at work, but you can make yourself a harder target for urgency and distraction to throw you off track. You need a plan for using your body to help your mind when urgency and distraction strike. That's because you know that the only things that are actually on the schedule stand any chance of getting done. So you need to get the plan onto the schedule. Moreover, the plan has to be modular and flexible. For example, let's say you want to target 150 minutes of aerobic exercise this week. Let's break that into four chunks ranging between 30 to 45 minutes. On the schedule, make it an hour to give you that transitional buffer time you need. So you put an hour and block it on your schedule in the morning, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. But you have a hectic week, and so you can't use that specific hour on Tuesday to walk. The point here is that instead of skipping the walk, you're going to treat the block as a chunk of time you've committed to, and you want to invest it in a certain way, just like you might think of having to move a team meeting for one reason or another. It's not that the team meeting doesn't need to happen, it just needs to happen at a different time. The investment you've committed to making is in stress management. 
You've decided to enhance your ability to become more effective during urgent situations. So instead of defaulting to skipping the walk, the choices become clear. You can move the walking module to later in the day, add the time to another walking time, so take a 60-minute walk on Thursday to make up for the loss on Tuesday, or move the walk to a Monday, Wednesday, or Sunday. The key is that you've made a commitment to yourself. You plan to keep it, and you flex to accommodate other pressing matters that just have to get done in a more specific way. The very act of having the walk on the schedule means you've made a conscious decision every time you forego restorative energy. You are also conscious that you will honor the commitments you made, albeit flexibly. Instead of foregoing that good energy, you are aware of the plan for how you will be fitting it back into your life. So there's much power in the plan. It's deceptively simple, kind of like taking a big breath before rushing into a high-pressure situation. Having a plan means you stop trading restorative energy for urgency at work. We've come to our action steps for the day. Number one, decide now that you're ready to make and keep commitments to yourself that help your body help your mind. Number two, this week, put an hour time block onto your schedule on four days. Walk for 30 to 45 minutes during this time. And number three, when the time you committed to doesn't work out, practice moving the time block instead of skipping it completely. Notice I said, when, not if. There are no more regular days. It's a guarantee that the plan won't work as originally scheduled. Be flexible, but stay committed and find the time later in the week. Finally, I just want to send big thank you so much to everyone who left us a review. If you enjoy the show, please just make sure to rate and review us. It helps more people find us. Until next time, remember, today is good. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Because I am a medical doctor, it's important for me to tell you that nothing I say here in this podcast can substitute for your doctor's advice. My lawyers make me say the same thing this way. The contents of this podcast are neither intended nor implied to be relied on for medical diagnosis, care, or treatment concerning any individual. Under no circumstances does this podcast create a physician-patient relationship, nor does it constitute engagement in the practice of medicine or the provision of any healthcare service to an individual patient. This podcast should not be used as a substitute for professional diagnosis and treatment. Consult a healthcare provider before making any healthcare decisions or to obtain guidance about any medical conditions. The producers of this podcast expressly disclaimed responsibility and shall have no liability for any damages, loss, injury, or liability whatsoever suffered as a result of reliance on the information contained in this podcast.